You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Ladies, that was wonderful. God bless you. I have a story to tell you this morning. It's a story of a king's death. And we're going to turn to the Bible in just a second. And there's really five things that I want to do this morning. I certainly want to tell you the story. But more than that, I'd say that the second thing I want to do is I want to explain the story by living the story. I want us to understand that these are real people who had the same exact hours of the day, had the same exact feelings and emotions and concerns and aggravations and frustrations and jitters that everybody else has. Nerves, the same everything. And we're going to live that story, put, our, put ourselves in this king's sandals and tunic and whatever else. Armor, what we're going to find out. And then I want to consider, because it's, it's not a good story. I mean, we're talking about somebody dying, so I guess that depends. Um, that's a terrible thing to say. Um, so it's, it's not a good story. Uh, as you can imagine, it doesn't end well for at least one person. So I want to consider alternatives to the story. What could have changed to maybe where that man didn't have to die. And then I want to question the reason that the story is in the Bible. Why, why didn't the Bible just say, and this king died? Why does it describe it in the way that it describes it? Why do we have the details that we have? Was it because God was bored? My God doesn't get bored. Uh, was it because he had an assignment from his teacher and it needed a thousand words and he was at 920 and so he just started giving some extra details, you know, and the king died, which means that his life ended, which means that he could no longer live in the way that he was living before, which, no. So why is it in there? It must be because there's a lesson for us. And if there's a lesson for us, it's not just this physical lesson. It's not just this surface lesson. It's something deep, it's something spiritual, and it's something eternal. And if that's the case, then what does it mean for you? Not what does it mean for the person next to you, not what does it mean for the member, not what does it mean for the person who's been to this church before and knows, no, this is not the pastor's son up here. This is the pastor. What does it mean for you? 1 Kings chapter 22. And let's stand once we have found it. We stand for what we respect. So let's stand for God's word. Let's also make sure that we focus in. Let's take our cell phones. Let's put them on silent, please. I know that some of you are on call. You're on call 24-7. If you need to keep them on vibrate, I completely understand that. 
but let's just make sure that we are not distracting. Some of you might have to leave because you are on call. I understand. 1 Kings chapter 22, I hear some of you murmuring amongst yourselves. 1 Kings 22. That's two twos. 1 Kings 22. We'll read verse 1 through 4, and then we're going to skip a bunch, and we'll read verse 29. But look what happens in verse 1 through 4. And they continued three years without war between Syria and Israel. Time out. We have the northern kingdom of Israel here. King Ahab is the leader at this point. Then we have the southern king of Judah, which you guessed it, is here. King Jehoshaphat is the leader at this point. You have the Jordan River here with the Sea of Galilee and then you know, coming down here. On the east side of the Jordan River, there are two and a half tribes. Yes, one and a half, two and a half. There are some tribes on the east side of the Jordan River. And there's a city on the east side of the Jordan River called Ramoth-Gilead. When the kingdom divided, the northern and the southern, not a good thing. When the kingdom divided, they were weakened. When they were weakened, there's another nation over here on the east side called Syria. Syria came in and they overtook Ramoth-Gilead. It's a problem because Ramoth-Gilead was a city of refuge. We're not going to get into that today. But... It's overtaken, and here you have King Ahab talking to his captains. And here's what he says in verse 2. It came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramoth and Gilead is ours, and we be still, and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria. And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to battle to Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art, my people as thy people, my horses as thy horses. Horrible idea, but once again, not my message. Dear Lord, please bless my message and let us focus in on your story, on your word. Please save the soul that is on their way to hell. Revive backsliders, call prodigals home. People who are away from you, please bring them in. And Father, please glorify your name through everything. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. What follows after chapter 22? Who gave me two things of water? You knew I was going to be crazy today, didn't you? <laughs> what follows in 1 Kings chapter 22 is an incredible story. It's a story of compromise. It's a story of lies. It's a story of sarcasm, which I love. There's a sarcastic preacher in it, which, I mean, I hate sarcasm. But there's a sarcastic preacher in it. There is false prophecy in it. There's this peek behind the veil into a heavenly meeting where God actually asks advice. It's really interesting. And then there's a warning. There's a warning in verse 17 against King Ahab from a godly prophet where the godly prophet actually prophesies that King Ahab is going to die. If you go into this battle against Ramoth Gilead, I see Israel as sheep without a shepherd. They're going to lose their leader. You will die. There's a warning in it. There's drama in it. But at the end of it, there's a decision. The decision is made by King Ahab and King Jehoshaphat that they are going to go into battle against the king of Syria 
against godly counsel. Look in verse 29. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. So step number one, let's tell the story. And again, it's a story of Ahab's death. Which, by the way, when God says you're going to die, you're going to die. It's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. I'm getting ahead of myself. But you have an appointment with death. And God set that before you were even born. He told Ahab, if you do this, you will die. And Ahab's doing it anyway. You read in verse 30 that Ahab convinces Jehoshaphat to dress up in his kingly robes but Ahab is going to dress up as a common soldier. He's going to disguise himself. And Jehoshaphat agrees. No clue, guys. No clue. I, I, I don't want to think that King Jehoshaphat was a moron. But it's hard when you do moronic things. And you have this very deceitful king, Ahab, who's married to Jezebel, by the way. Anybody not know who Ahab is? Okay, Ahab's married to Jezebel. They're not a good couple. I don't know if you've ever met a young girl named Jezebel. There's a reason why. I don't know if you've ever met a man named Ahab. And there's probably a reason why. Please, if, you're, if your dad is named Ahab, your dad's a wonderful person. <laughs> so Ahab convinces Jehoshaphat that he's going to wear his kingly robes in battle. And Ahab is going to disguise himself. And Jehoshaphat agrees. Now, verse 31 and 32, no, verse, yeah, verse 31, show us that the king of Syria directs his chariot division. You are only going to focus on killing King Ahab. All the other footmen are going to focus on the rest of the battle, but there are 32 captains over the chariot division, and you have one job in this battle. You find King Ahab and you kill him. Now, verse 32 and 33 bring out the fact that because Jehoshaphat is all robed up, the Syrians think that he's King Ahab. I mean, we're going to go where all the flags are. We're going to go where all the fanfare is. I mean, what a, uh, warfare back then was just really dumb. You know, just, we're going to stand here and you stand there and your turn. Ready, aim, fire, boom. Okay, our turn now. Cool. Until it's not, and then it's just, ah. But back then, it says, here's our king. And so they're all running after him, and, and they find out Jehoshaphat barely escapes. He cries out. He cries out to the Lord. Jehoshaphat was actually a good king. He's going against godly counsel, so he's a good king that's doing stupid stuff. But a lot of good people do stupid stuff. So <laughs> um, Jehoshaphat barely escapes, now, here's where we need to start living the story. Meanwhile, Ahab is dressed up just as a common soldier, but he's in a chariot, and he's directing the battle. It's chaos. It's gotten past the part where there's sides here and there's sides here. They're mixed together. This is dirty. This is filthy, close quarter combat. Now there are sides over here and sides over here, but there's a bunch of mix going on. It's just a host of people. It's loud. It smells. It's horrible. There's curses flying. There's arrows flying. One of those arrows being thrown or flung or shot by just some random soldier in the Syrian army. 
And the Bible says that a certain man drew a bow at a venture. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't like, oh, you. He just, there's a host of people over there, and I see a bunch of guys on the other side. And he lets it fly. And it just so happens to hit King Ahab in between the joints of the armor. That is either here, here, here. But what we read is that it's, it's a serious wound. And another thing back then, they would poison the tips of the arrows. So even if it hit you down here, and even if it wasn't poisoned, they had a problem back then with, with wounds. They, they didn't have medics like we had medics. Now, it, it's not like if you were wounded in battle, they just said, oh, sorry. Especially not if you're the king. I mean, they're going to do everything that they can. It hits him between the joints of the armor. And verse 34 at the end says, Ahab said unto the driver of his chariot, turn thine hand, carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. But you read in verse 35, the battle increased around him, and it prevented his escape. And so the king, the words are, was stayed up in his chariot, and he died. So again, let's live the story. You're Ahab, and you receive a wound, and you know this has got to be addressed as soon as possible. And he admitted it. He admitted it. Get me out of here. Carry me out of here. I am wounded. I need to attend to this. But he's, by the, by the evening time, still not out of the battle. So our question is, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? You are bleeding out. You're wounded, it's a mortal wound, it's probably poisoned, and yet you are stayed up. You need healing. How, how much time do you have left, Ahab? How much time before you breathe your last? How much time before that last drop of blood comes out? What are you waiting for? But the, the answer is, he tried. He tried to get out. He tried to tr treat his wound. He tried to find a medic. This story is not a story of stupidity. It's not a story of Ahab saying, yeah, I know I'm wounded, whatever. It's not a story of being stubborn. No, I don't need the medic. Get the medic out of here. It's not a story of courage. I know that I'm wounded, but I will die with my men. It's a story of a man who wanted help but ran out of time. Because when he went to get help, the enemy did everything it could to keep him from finding help. So what alternatives do we have? Well, alternative number one to the story, let's not let Ahab get wounded. God said he was going to die. Sorry, 
Not going to happen. Okay. Alternative number two. The enemy relents. Oh, you're wounded? Sorry. Go through. Is that going to happen? It's not what an enemy does. There's no quarter given to the king, especially when the king on the other side said 32 captains have one job. Kill the dude. Now that he's wounded, oh, I guess I feel kind of bad for him. No. No, 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 no. The enemy is going to be happy that he is wounded. And in fact, and, and I don't think the enemy knew, they just increased the battle. They just increased the battle. They saw that more people were falling. Let's go. This is not the time. Have you ever watched boxing? You ever watch boxing? I'm not trying to trick you. Have you? No, we've never watched boxing. We're in a Baptist church. Come on, you've watched boxing before. And when you see somebody get hit and they, they go like this, do you see the other person? Oh. No, what does he do? Sam, let's, let's give an, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Notice I picked Sam because he's the only one smaller than me in this church. He goes crazy. And the announcer says, he's looking to finish him off. That's exactly what's going on here. So let's have the enemy relent. No, it's the enemy's purpose to kill you. Stop the bleeding, right? Stop the bleeding. He tried. Did he not try? Do you think he didn't put pressure on the wound? No, just let her bleed. He's not George Washington, okay? Maybe they knew a little bit better back then. He tried to stop the bleeding. Slow the bleeding. Slow the bleeding down. I think they did. I mean, it took them hours to die, but you're just prolonging the inevitable by slowing the bleeding. I don't think that's a good alternative. Here's the only alternative I see that brings Ahab out alive. What if, well, never go to the battle in the first place, yeah, because God told you not to. But then let's, some of you are already making the spiritual connection. Okay, here's an alternative to your life. Never sin. Don't get wounded. Don't, don't sin. How many of you are uh, already past that point? Okay, cool. So that's not an alternative. God already told you, thou shalt not, and you did it. Okay, so <laughs> you're wounded. Here's the only alternative I see. What if a medic could have come to where Ahab was? What if there was a surgeon who specialized in first aid that was impervious to the heat of the battle that could make his way to where Ahab was? Now we're talking. So church, what's the reason for this? What's the reason this story is in here? Why didn't he just say, I told Ahab no, he said yes, he died. Moving on. Why the details? Because there's a lesson. It is a spiritual lesson. It is an eternal lesson. The question then is, does the, does the lesson apply to you? Ms. Caitlin, does the lesson apply to you? Bailey, does the, does the lesson apply to you? Brother Mike, does it apply to you? Well, the answer to that question is dependent on this. Do you have anything in common with Ahab? 
If you don't have anything in common with Ahab, then the lesson doesn't apply to you. It's like curiosity killed the cat. Well, I'm not a cat, so. Even though I don't think that statement was made for cats. <sighs> I'm distracted today. How are you doing? You well? Okay, good. <laughs> Do you have anything in common with Ahab? If you have something in common with Ahab, then it applies. So, question number one, are you in a battle? Are you in a spiritual battle? Maybe not a physical battle, but are you in a spiritual battle? Do you have an enemy? Yes. It's not looking good for you so far. <laughs> Question number two, has the enemy taken special interest in you? Yes. Has the enemy looked at you, sir, and said, I want him done? Has the enemy looked at you, ma'am, and said, I want her done? Because if she lives for the Lord, that's another family that I'm going to have trouble with. Has the enemy taken special interest in you, Miss Maria? Brother Scott. Then you have something else in common with him. What else? Have you been wounded? by an enemy arrow. Does the Bible not say there are fiery darts of the wicked? We are supposed to be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may wound, hurt, play with, Devour, destroy, kill. Do you have an enemy? Yes. Has he taken special interest in you? Yes. Have you sinned? Has a fiery... Or some of you just went... <sighs> <laughs> have you sinned this morning? Maybe you woke up. I will not sin today. And before you had your lucky charms... Folks, we're sinners. It's what we do. Oh, look around. Everybody's in a suit and a tie. <laughs> yeah, if you polish a sinner, it's still a sinner. This is not a museum for perfect people. This is a hospital for the wounded. And God help any Christian who will look down their pharisaical nose at somebody else who doesn't sin the way that they sin. Remember the dunghill from which you came. And the fact that a medic came to where you were. I think it applies to us. It's a mortal wound. I'll recover. Has God foretold your death? Did he not tell you the wages of sin is death? Did he not tell you he that believeth not is condemned already. Listen, listen. Did he not tell you the soul that sinneth, it shall die? Did he not tell Adam and Eve, the day that thou eat of it, thou shalt surely die? 
Don't tell me you'll recover. It's a mortal wound. The wages of sin is death. It was an accident. Didn't matter. Didn't matter for Ahab. A certain man. I didn't mean for it to happen. I grew up in a bad environment. Somebody made me do it. Listen. Not even the entire world has the power to make you sin once. They can push you, you can push, but you've got to choose. It was an accident. It was just that adventure. It was a one-night thing. It was a one-time thing, and it just sent me in this spiral of bleeding out. I know. But accidental wounds still kill. I'm important. Kings still die. Kings still bleed. And by the way, the enemy loves your status. If I'm going to go hunting, I'm not looking for a small one. I'm looking for the biggest buck you can find. The enemy loves your status. The bigger they are, they'll send 32 captains of chariots just for you. It's not that bad. Just hit me in the shoulder. It's not that bad. You're bleeding out. Time does not heal all wounds. Sometimes it takes surgery. And when it takes surgery, time is not on your side. I sliced my foot with an axe two months ago. It required surgery. If I would have let that fester, if I just would have let that alone, that would have killed me. Two toes would have killed me. What are you waiting for? How long do you have left? How long until you bleed your last? Strong man. Well, I admit I'm a sinner. Ahab said I'm wounded. Wasn't enough. I'm looking for help, Brother Che. Johnny, I'm looking for help. So did he carry me out. But the enemy made sure that he couldn't get the help that he needed. This is not a story of stubbornness or stupidity or courage. It is a story of a wounded man who died because he ran out of time. So sinner, how long do you have? My Bible says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. How much longer do you have, drunkard, before your family completely falls apart? How much longer do you have, smoker, vapor, before your lungs 
give out. And you stand before your God, whether you're ready or not. How much longer do you have angry person? When God says, be angry, sin not. But you've let it fester into bitterness. And you're going to stand before the Lord who was willing to forgive you everything. And tell him about one or two or three maybe very egregious things that happened to you. But the moment you look at those nail-pierced hands, you'll realize it wasn't worth it. Bitterness is swallowing poison, hoping the other person dies. How much longer do you have cursor? How much longer do you have blasphemer? Oh my God! For Christ's sake! Jesus Christ! He that taketh my name in vain, I will not hold guiltless. God, forgive me for even the example. I had somebody just the other day say it in the, say it in the foyer to me. Wasn't a member. I'm surprised. I said, oh, Jesus. I'm like, yeah, he's here. How much longer do you have, sinner? How much longer do you have, wife beater? Physically or verbally? How much longer do you have husband beater? How much longer do you have child abuser? How much longer do you have smut watcher? How much longer do you have horror movie watcher? How much longer do you have pervert, romancer, adulterer, gossiper? How much longer do you have backslider? Before you bleed out, you better get help. You better get help. You better be healed. You better find the Savior. A Savior who specializes in first aid. A Savior who comes to where you are. Who came down to earth and lived a sinless life as the very Son of God and yet died at the hands of the very people that He created. He gave the man the muscle that nailed him to the cross. But He stayed up there for you because He knew Suche is mortally wounded. And if somebody doesn't go to where he is, he's going to die. And I love him too much to let him die. How many of you have a younger sibling? How many of you have children? How many of you have children? You know your children, do you not? You know your children. You know their strength. You know what they can handle and what they cannot. Can you imagine taking them to the seashore and seeing them out in the surf struggling to get back? I want you to picture your child in the water, drowning. Are they not trying to get back? Are they not doing everything they can? Carry me out, I'm wounded! But you know, as their father and as their mother, if somebody doesn't go to where they are, if somebody doesn't risk their own life, if somebody is not willing to die, they will. And that's what Jesus Christ did for you. Now, there are people in this room. Some of you are wounded and waiting. I'll deal with it another day. 
I'll deal with it tomorrow. Who says your promise tomorrow? You're bleeding out now. He didn't make it till tomorrow. But I'm a king. Kings bleed. Some of you are wounded and waiting. What are you waiting for? Not even he was that stubborn. Not even he was that stupid. I'm a hurt. Carry me out. Some of you are wounded and wandering. No, let's do it. Let's do this one. Some of you are wounded and wanting. You know that you need help. Some of you are wounded and wandering. You're looking in all the wrong places. You're looking at religion. What is religion going to do for you? I've tried religion. It, it doesn't work. It has never saved one soul. It's never forgiven one sin. Some of you are looking to your good works. You're, you're doing your own first aid. You're not a doctor. You're not a sin forgiver. You're a sinner. Some of you are wounded and withstanding. The medic has come to you and said, let me help. No. You read your Bible where it says, not of works of righteousness, which we have done, but by the mercy of Jesus Christ, he saves us. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. Because when you, when you have a Christian in a house, oh, it's going to spread. It's going to spread. People are going to believe, and believers make believers, and believers make believers. It's the greatest pyramid scheme ever. But you read that in your Bible and you're going to hold on to your religion? You're going to hold on to your works? When you're the one who chose to be in the battle in the first place when God told you, don't do it or you're going to die. And now you're going to withstand him when the very one who told you no has the love and the mercy and the grace to come to you and say, I will still help you. And you withstand him? Some of you are wounded and wondering, well, why does it have to be that way? Why does it have to be the Bible way? Why can't I make my own way to heaven? Why can't I do Jesus and this? As soon as you add something to Jesus, you're taking away from Jesus. You're telling him he's not enough. Some of you are wounded, though, and willing. Lord, what do I need to do? What must I do to be healed? Those who trust and obey will find healing. Those who try to get out of the battle on their own, the enemy will make sure you don't get out. The gulf that separated me from Christ my Lord, it was so vast a crossing I could never ford. From where I was to his demands, it seemed so far. I cried, dear Lord, I cannot come to where you are. So he came to me. 
When I could not come to where he was, he came to me. That's why he died on Calvary. Because when I could not come to where he was, he came to me. How long do you have before you bleed out? How long are you going to reject a Savior that will come to you? Or will you just call on him? Call on him. Help me. Carry me out. I am wounded. Who would do that today? Who would do that today? Saved person who started messing around in the battle of sin again, and you've been wounded. Carry me out, Lord. I'm wounded. Please help me. Help me, I'm wounded. Lost person, you know that if you were to die right now, you'd go to hell. You know it. Would you not call, Lord, carry me out? I'm wounded. If you won't, yours is not a story of somebody who ran out of time. Yours is a story of stubbornness. If you say tomorrow and you die, I'll come to the Lord someday. You will die like this man. Not a story of stubbornness, not a story of stupidity. You knew you needed help. You just ran out of time. Do you know how many people have missed Christ for eternity because they missed him by one second? Is this not your time? Oh, but I'll be embarrassed. Go to hell for your embarrassment? What will the person next to me think? If the person next to you is upset because you trust Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, probably shouldn't be in your life. What will these other Christians think? Ho, ho, ho. Why don't you find out? We'll give you a little sneak preview. Church, what if somebody got saved this morning? What would we say? Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.